Welcome to Career Crossroads, a podcast about career pivots and the people who make them. I'm your host, Jonathan Colleton, and if you're struggling with a career decision or work with people who need help making career decisions, I'm glad you're here. Today, we've got the first of two special episodes that include interviews from Collision Conference 2023, North America's largest tech conference that took place in Toronto at the end of June. I was lucky enough to be offered a press pass to the conference, which allowed me to interview conference speakers and startups that were being showcased throughout the three days of Collision. I'll talk a little more about the conference after the interview, but first, let's talk about today's guest. Kelvin Beecham is a professional football player who plays left tackle for the Arizona Cardinals of the National Football League. As an 11-year veteran, you'd think that Kelvin lives and breathes football, and while he is happy to talk football, Kelvin is not just a highly successful athlete. Kelvin also has a significant interest in philanthropy and investing and has put a lot of thought into how he can use his knowledge, platform, and resources to make the world around him better. As you'll hear, Kelvin is very well versed on how he can do that. We recorded our conversation in the Media Village recording space at Collision, and while that means there is more background noise than most of my other interviews, I think it helps you get a feel for what it's like to be at a 36,000-person conference. If that sounds interesting to you, keep listening. I'm joined today at Collision Conference 2023 by Kelvin Beecham. Kelvin, thank you so much for coming on Career Crossroads today. Uh, thanks for having me. So, because the podcast is all about career pivots, mm-hmm. we got to talk about the first part of your career, yeah. what you've been doing so far in life. And to do that, I always like to go back and talk about when people were teenagers, what they were like, what they thought their career was going to be. Yeah. So for you, as a professional football player, when did you feel like football was the thing that you were probably going to be doing with your career? Uh, I felt football was the thing probably my sophomore year in college or sophomore year in high school. Okay. Um, when I realized that that was probably the direction. And the reason being is because I always wanted to be a professional basketball player. Really? And, you know, I had a coach that was coaching me for, for summer league basketball, AAU basketball, and was like, Kelvin, think about it. It's, it's 10 scholarships that are, are going to basketball players, you know, every year. There are 22 scholarships that are um, going to uh, football players every year. And to play the position that you're playing in basketball, you're a tad bit too short. Um, so I took that advice and ran with it and, and really started to focus on football more and led to, you know, the opportunity that I have today. Yeah, all right. So obviously then to go from high school to become a, a professional yeah. football player, you've got to go to the collegiate level, Correct. play there, yeah. and then get drafted. And yeah, so yeah. did you feel like in high school you already had that skill set or was that something that really no. developed Yeah, I think that it was, it was something that developed over time. Okay. Uh, by no means that I feel that I had the ability to go play in the National Football League in college. I think for every young male on the planet, you want to go play some type of professional sport, whether it be football, American football, or European football, or cricket, or you know, be a swimmer, or you want to be a professional mm-hmm. of some type. We should mention uh, hockey since we're hockey, in Canada. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> no, hockey, no, no, hockey, worry. hockey. So there, there's, there's a, a, an array uh, of opportunities that I think every male um, or female in some cases want mm-hmm. to be able to, to go and pursue as being a professional of some type. So had the idea uh, and the ideology of wanting to do so, uh, but realized that there was a lot of work that was involved in being able to accomplish those dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, was football something that you were very much in love with or was it something you saw as your first career because you were very skilled at it or both you know i think it was 
a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think it was the ability to, to realize that I did have some of the, the technical competencies to be able to do the job that was necessary to be able to perform at a high level in critical moments of a game. But I also loved it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not many places, I say this all the time, it's not many places where you can fight for a living and yeah. not get put in jail. Uh, and we get to do that on a, on a consistent basis playing football. Mm -hmm. Okay, so wrapping up college, football was you know clearly where you were headed you were drafted and so immediately you just shift into that career at that at any point in college did you start to think about well you know football is maybe it'll happen or was there other things that you were trying to kind of work towards knowing that you know football either isn't forever or maybe it wouldn't work out the way you wanted it to you know I think it's, it's a combination of both so it's and it was realizing that I was I was a student and an athlete mm -hmm. you've always had to kind of role in those 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 dualities of being both a student and an athlete and I realized that yes you know football wouldn't last forever but I also realized that if I didn't put my best foot forward uh, to be as best as I could playing football none of the other stuff would really matter mm -hmm. so I think you for me I had to go down that track of, of both being a very good student and also being a very good athlete to just put myself in the, the frame of mind that I could do both mm -hmm. not one without the other you know you can't be successful on a football field and be trash in the class then you won't be able to play football right you know yeah. um so you you need you need both to be able to to do the job and and was fortunate that i've, I've had the, the opportunity to go down two paths for a majority of my life of being able to play a great sport mm -hmm. a great game a kid's game at the end of the day but also realizing the curiosity that's needed to continue to learn over time yeah, so I know you did an undergrad and a master's degree. So was that something that was purely just interest-based, or did you do that to kind of extend your football career? No, you know, the thing is, is there was an offensive line coach, and I have to go back and talk about two mentors. One for is sure. June Jones, who when he first met me, he was like, Kelvin, I think you can be in the National Football League for a long time. That was an encouragement that I think I needed early on in my college career. And then I had Adrian Clem, who, you know, I consider him like an older brother, um, who sat me down. I was like, Kelvin, you know, I didn't utilize my time in college the right way before I got drafted. I want you to find a way to, to get drafted or be in the position to be drafted in three and a half years, which caused me to, to really speed up the, the clock from a, a student standpoint. And then, you know, if things don't work out, go back and get, you know, another degree. And that was all done by somebody who actually played in the National Football League. So he gave me some insight into things that I, I could have done better based off of his, his experiences. So obviously mentorship, super important. It's, I know, something that you're involved in now, and we're definitely gonna get into that. But to begin talking about kind of your transition from, well, not even a transition, you're obviously still playing football. I know you just signed a two-year contract extension. Congratulations. Uh, but I have to wonder, we're the same age, and I played volleyball last week, and my body hurt for five days. And uh, you played 150-odd games in the NFL at this point. So, you know, eventually, one day, you won't be on the football field anymore. Correct. But you have all of these other interests, these things you've been working on outside of football. You're at Collision Conference 2023. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these things that you're interested in, yeah. some of these uh, organizations that you work with, yeah. what your interest at Collision Conference is. Yeah. Uh, I want to start kind of with the uh, feeding the world is something yeah. that you're working on. Yeah. And so I know that recently you were in uh, Zambia, I believe, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. built two water wells that you yeah. paid for, you fundraised for yeah. another. Yeah. How did your interest in this come about? You know, I've always said that for me, again, I talk about that, that duality. Mm -hmm. From a duality standpoint within philanthropically, it's always been around two verticals. One is ending hunger, both domestically and worldwide. You can't talk about the hunger 
conversation on the, on the global front unless you talk about the basic human need, which is access to water, which mm -hmm. is why the conversation around water comes up. And then secondly, it's, uh, it's access to science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Mm -hmm. We're at a tech conference. Yeah. How do you make sure that, that there is an opportunity for many young people from all different walks of life to have the same opportunities to take part in this global economy um, that's being you know, perpetuated and, 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 and evolving that has to do with AI, ML, enterprise software, data infrastructure, the whole nine. All those things come from this particular type of ecosystem. Yeah. So how do you make sure that young people have access to that? And for me, those are where I start at and then I kind of branch off from there. So you talk about water in Zambia, you know, wanted to be able to do something on the global front and started mm -hmm. to do a lot, you know, in America. And I was like, well, what can I do? And be, how can I serve in a, in, a, in a more global capacity? And started working with an organization called World Vision. Went to Honduras in 2017. Was supposed to go to, to, to um, West Africa in 2020. Pandemic hits, not able to go. We finally are able to go back into the field this past year, going to Zambia um, and had the opportunity to go and, you know, donate two wells and then, you know, had a grand time being able to, to solicit uh, the response from fans to be able to raise money uh, for the third well. And you know, that project is, is going pretty well so far. But wanted to go and see it mm -hmm. in person. Uh, yeah. Wanted to go and touch it, sense it, ask questions, and, and be able to understand how much impact it was actually making. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you mentioned STEAM, and I know you're also involved in the IT Senior Management Forum, trying to bring diversity into more senior levels of IT-type fields. So tell me about your work with that. How did that you know, develop? Is that part of that same kind of group of interest? It's, the, it's that same type of interest. You know, you, you realize where there is an issue, or there is a hole, or there is a, a place where you can see um, an opportunity, and you can see the, the opportunity for that organization to level up, or that organization to be able to to receive something that could actually help their membership mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, as you spend more time in, in technology, it's great that we have a lot of, you know, things that are bubbling up at the earlier stages of, of, of pre-seed and seed and angel investments and kind of these companies that are out there on, on the main, mm -hmm. the main carpet trying to talk about their companies in their booth. But what about the people that we need to find a way to get from, you know, a VP to senior VP mm -hmm. or, you know, an EVP to, you know, CEO or CTO or CIO or CISO? Mm -hmm. And that's the type of things that ITSMF uh, really focused on and really talked about was how do we make sure that we're equipping, um, you know, diverse executives with the, the skill set and the tools to be able to go into a boardroom, go into a, a you know, a senior executive office and be able to really win over influence, which then provides the opportunity for them to have promotion and, uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, I also know that recently you were involved in an organization that's trying to bring diversity into aviation, which I found fascinating because I've, uh, I've interviewed someone previously who has a, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the, the name for it, but it's basically where they train pilots on machines on the ground. He started that up in Toronto, and he's now working with the school board to try and allow pilots to get credits, because I know there is a big pilot shortage coming, and I know Huge. that's something you're yeah. very well aware of, so yeah. how did that connection start? Again, you start thinking about where the hole's at. Yeah. You know, within the STEAM vertical, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, where are there holes, and where do you see that there's opportunities that you can go in be able to land the, the name of football or the, the brand of football or, you know, you're able to utilize your resources and your networks to, to help promote what they're doing, have the opportunity to, to collaborate with United Aviation, which is a, an extension and an and a, a academy that United Airlines started uh, there in Arizona. They know that, and we all know that there's a shortage of pilots um, and there are a number of pilots that are starting to retire, but how do we make sure that the workforce 
as diverse mm -hmm. um, as you know you bring more pilots into the fray. You know, mm -hmm. only I think one percent of, of of pilots in America right now are globally or you know black women. How do we make sure that there are more black women? you know, tied into that pipeline? How do you make sure there's a more diverse uh, workforce that is, that's able to fly? But it's all, if you think about a pilot, it's something science, technology, engineering, yep. art, and math that's related to them flying a plane. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be in aviation, just like somebody just happens to be in IT or somebody happens to be right. at a startup. It's all those same disciplines. How do you continue to, you know, go down the same path? I'm talking about the same thing. It yeah. just happens to be in a different industry. Yeah. Now, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you here. You've got a press conference coming up. You've got a panel discussion or a fireside chat you're on called Invest Elites. People aren't going to hear this until after that happens. So give me a little sneak peek. What are you here talking about today? You know, what's crazy is I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Oh, that's great. Which is, 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 is scary and also great at the same time. You know, well, I had it's a, a lot like this because you didn't a, really I, know. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. You know, me and uh, the guy who's interviewing me, Kai Bond from Courtside Ventures, um, we had dinner last night. We were with some friends, so just a couple of us hanging out. And they were like, well, Kevin, what's, what, what's your topic about? I'm like, I have no idea. Wait till Kai gets here. Yeah. Kai gets here. I'm like, hey, Kai, what are we talking about tomorrow? He's like, you'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> so I know it's going to be, we know each other. Um, I'm one of those people, when I get on a, on, a, on a stage like this, don't give me the softball questions. I, I think people are, are tired about the softball questions that are super easy. They can answer in their sleep. Yeah. What are those, those questions that, are, that I have to think about? I have to actually pause as I'm on stage and really think about critically, how do I want to answer this question? But also, question, am I doing everything internally and within my life to make sure that I'm equipped to do mm -hmm. some of the things that he does for a living? I'm a professional athlete. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. He's a professional investor. I'm learning how to be a professional investor. So it's, yeah. it's again, that, that duality type of conversation of being an athlete, but also learning the best practices and being able to do their job as well. All right. So let's not go softball then. What do you think? Of all the different things you're here looking at, the different technologies that exist, what is the area that you think you can have the most impact, given your knowledge, given your resources, given your, your place and the people that you know? I think first and foremost is, is the ability to be rejected. How do you learn how to be rejected and how you come back from it? Playing in the National Football League, playing sports of any type, but playing it at the highest level. You've heard no just as many times as the founders heard no. How do you become numb to it and mm -hmm. how do you take or the feedback that they've given you how do you go out and, and, and make uh, those corrections uh, I've been coached a ton mm -hmm. how do some of these startups and, and some of the, the companies that are here take the coaching that they may hear from this type of environment and take it back to their companies and go and build so I think the one thing that I can really lend to this community is you know how do you deal with rejection how do you find a way to get back up from uh, you know, some of the, the hardships and some of the no's that you will get in this industry. All right. So knowing that Collision is a three-day conference, you've got the panels you're on. Have you been checking out any booths here? Is there any specific tech companies that you're really fascinated by? Yeah, I haven't seen anybody that I've, like, I'm blown away by. I've had a yeah. chance to walk by quite a few of them. Um, walked the, you know, walked the area and kind of moved around yesterday. Um, it's fascinating to see everything that's going on here. Uh, the technology, the, the companies, the energy. I think that's the biggest thing that I've gotten from, from being here is the energy that you feel mm -hmm. walking into the convention center. Um, but it's my first time at Collision, so I'm just, I'm just trying to take it all in and soak it all in. Mm -hmm. All right, so final question then. Football, as we've said a couple times, you're definitely not done yet, but football isn't forever, at least being on the field, right? Many athletes, after they retire, I think struggle to figure out what are you going to do next because so many of them have spent 
almost their entire lives working towards this goal and they've done it for however long. You're 11 years in, you got a two more year contract and then who knows beyond that, you could still be around after that. But one day you're not gonna be out on, uh, on the field. Sure. And so what do you think is the most likely direction you're gonna be heading in after football? Yeah. Or do you think it's just gonna be a combination of everything we've talked about? You know, I think philanthropically, I'm gonna to continue to go down those two lanes. Ending hunger, both domestic and worldwide, um, and being able to focus on science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. That is, that's not going anywhere. I'm gonna continue doing those things. As it pertains to things, you know, more aligned with business, I'm gonna be an asset allocator in some type, in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it's, you know, venture, whether it's private equity, whether it's a combination of both. Um, won't really touch the public markets. I really spend a lot of time in the private markets. Um, so it's really just gonna depend on the scale um, and, and how I'm going to be doing it within you know, that, that particular sector. But it's going to be in the private markets, being able to move capital and understanding the role of capital up and down the capital stack. Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your whole career path. I know that there's a lot of athletes who, in particular, I think will benefit from hearing about kind of, uh, there's a phrase I heard from a career counselor one time, I work at a university, and they talked about dual paths, having always two roads you head down, so that way if one ends, you've got that other path. It sounds very much like that's the path you're heading down, so I hope some of this will be uh, imparted on other athletes, and they're going to benefit from hearing about your career. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you. Well, that was my conversation with Kelvin Beecham, and I hope you enjoyed it. Shortly after our interview, Kelvin held a press conference at Collision and announced that he was also now partnering with Sail GP, a sailboat racing league, and he was going to be a judge for their Impact League, which is a competition to see which racing team can be the most sustainable during their season. As you can tell, Kelvin's got his hands in many different pots, and he posts about all the groups he's working with on social media. I've linked his LinkedIn and Instagram accounts in the show notes, so go and give him a follow if you're interested in SailGP or any of the initiatives we discussed. And if you want to see Kelvin do the thing he is most known for, the Arizona Cardinals season starts on September 10th, so mark your calendars. On the note of Collision Conference, I want to mention what a great experience it was for me. I brought a videographer with me, so there is also a video version of Kelvin's interview on the Career Crossroads YouTube channel, which is a thing now, and I'll link to that in the show notes of this episode. I also have a few other pieces of content related to the conference that'll be coming out in the next few days, specifically a video and blog post recapping my experience at the conference as a whole, so keep an eye out on careercrossroads.ca if you're interested in that. I've got another Collision Conference podcast episode coming next week as well, with three short interviews from founders of companies who are at the conference showing off their tech software and products. Of course, none of these people started in tech, which is why I find their stories so fascinating. That episode will be out next Monday. That's all for this week's episode of Career Crossroads. If you know someone who'd be interested in hearing about Kelvin's career path and what he might be up to once his football career is over, please share this episode with them. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, go to careercrosswords.ca or follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player of choice.